the criminal who went from a pretty boy to a bone breaker to a grave robber. Next on Investigation Discovery. Investigate. Welcome to episode 23 of the Mutant Musings podcast. It's the beginning of May, so we'll be discussing some new comics and some news. I'm your host, Jonathan, and with me as always is a dragoness with a real wild side. Patty. Here's your friendly reminder that you can leave us a comment on geekade.com or One Million to Save Wolverine and the X-Men on Facebook. Some feedback on iTunes and follow us on Instagram at mutant underscore musings underscore podcast. Come look at some of our favorite X-Men and X-Men related images. But don't look at us. If you let your children listen to the show and they suddenly start cooking up cunt waffles for breakfast. Can you make me some waffles for breakfast? Unless they're really little. Then cooking breakfast is an amazing accomplishment, and they probably belong in a fancy fucking school. So there's your explicit warning. I want waffles. <laughs> Can you make me waffles? Some cunt waffles? You know Would what? You like I some don't, cunt waffles? I'm not going to be very particular right now. I just want waffles. Really? Yeah, really. Really? Yeah. All right. All right, so we got a whole lot of things to talk about on this episode, which I said last time, and we ended up having to cut something short anyway, because then we went, like, double-sized, because... Uh, we had the fucking debate with uh, the guys from the nonstop comic shop, so that was uh, that was quite a lengthy episode. So hopefully we don't take an hour and fucking forty five minutes because that felt like an eternity. Nobody wants to listen to us talk for an hour and forty five minutes. Let's be honest. <laughs> I don't even want to listen to me talk for an hour and forty five minutes. Exactly. I don't think it's humanly possible for me to. Yeah, I believe not. that you can though talk I, for an hour and forty five minutes. I can talk for fourteen hours and forty five minutes. Mm hmm. That's 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 it. 145 that's, hours and that's where you tap out. 14 and a half. I don't, I forgot. Mm-hmm. Four, one, four, five. Yeah. That's the number we're going with, right? <laughs> uh-huh. Good numbers. <laughs> All right. Uh, so first we want to talk about Rogue and Gambit number Rogue five. Gambit. Uh, because this was the final issue of this miniseries, which honestly was kind of sad. I was, uh, I was excited for it when they announced it uh, at New York Comic Con that Kelly Thompson was writing this, and they kind of left it open, like, oh, if it's good, maybe it won't be a miniseries. But, like, you know, there's, there's no gotta, news they yet. they got to say that, you know, just yeah, to string us along. I guess, but, you know, this is it. it it's done. I, I really like this miniseries, though. I, I really did. Um, I love the art. Uh, I don't know how you say his name. Pear? I feel like that's short for Hooray. saying, like, Perry, like hey pear, hey pear pear, you know. Aww, I just feel like pear, pear. <laughs> is that pear Perez or pere pre pre? What about like Pele pere? Uh huh. Pere 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 That's his name. Pere <laughs> Perez. So pere Perez is really good on art. His, his art is fucking mm-hmm. amazing. It, it was just kind of you know like called back to the first issue. Where they had, you know, that little, like, mashup of scenes and, like, Rogue lunging at Gambit in a mm. non-sexy way at the beginning. Yeah, but it, it was still kind of interesting. You know, it's been it's been a fun series. You know, the, the the two of them had to fight, like, all these fucking... They called them golems, which I thought was weird. I'm thinking, like, doppelgangers? Maybe a more appropriate word? Maybe not, but they kept calling them golems. And they had to fight through all these fucking memories that they had um, because of some bitch who called herself Lavish, which is really not a cool code name. You know, it was kind of... Uh, kind of shitty like prestige you know i feel like prestige and lavish they're just not good code names or like illuminating or something these all sound like words that go with like skin cream (laughs) you know like olay yeah yeah no but you know this really was just to me this whole thing was just kind of like a metaphor of them working through their like shitty memories of their lives and of their time with each other shit 
<laughs> really? Yeah. Well, maybe I wasn't talking to you. Maybe I was talking to the people listening. All right? Listen, you, right now I'm the only person listening you to you. You just made me and all of the listeners feel bad. Good. That's what the fuck? <laughs> God damn it. Especially Pay Ray Pay Rez. <laughs> he feels like shit now. I guess that this this woman lavish was uh she was absorbing these memories. Like, <laughs> no shit, Patty. <laughs> Did you read the fucking book? Yeah, she's, you know, she was uh, taking away, like, the bad memories for these couples who were, like, on this uh, retreat thing to fix their relationships. Mm -hmm. So then at the end, you know, Rogue was like, this is gonna suck, but we're gonna have to give you all of your memories back, even the bad ones. And they were like, oh, well, you know... Those who don't study history, I'm like, what, whatever, just take your fucking shit, bitch. That's, but, I mean, that, that's the thing, you know? I mean, it's like a nice little heartwarming thing, like, uh, you gotta take the bad with the good, and even the bad times make us who we are, and all, yeah. the, all that kind of stuff. Whatever. So, like, this is what I was thinking. So, Rogue was saying that she felt, like, over, like, she absorbed too much stuff. Yeah. And, like, she needed to get rid of it. Mm. What if they were just like, no thanks... <laughs> like, would she hold on to those bad memories of, like, I don't know, fucking Linda and Jack and just be like, wow, remember that time that, you know, Jack couldn't get it up and, like, I read his mind and he was thinking of Emma Frost or something and, yeah. like, she has to live with that memory for the rest of her life? Yep. Or do they just, like, vanish after a while, like, her absorbed superpowers? I would imagine that they uh, vanish after a while, like her absorbed superpowers. So it's really not a big deal. She could have just not given him back. Yeah, but it was still like she was dealing with all this fucking overload at the time and wanted it gone. You know what I mean? She needed mm. some relief. Yeah. Exactly. And would rather, you know, dole it out little by little instead of just fucking squirting all over <laughs> everybody. That's what Gambit's for. And it's pull. <laughs> His pole, you know what I mean? I do not. I don't mean his bow staff. I, I know. I mean his bow staff. I hey, got you. Yeah, you yeah. got me. So it, it was a good issue. It was a good series. It was cute. It was fun. Uh, what I really liked, though, and, and I didn't, I had no idea about this until I saw Kelly Thompson post it on Twitter. It's like the end, you know, when Gambit is like, how do you feel about cats? First of all, that's adorable. And second of all, Rogue has this, like, dialogue about, like, you know, having to absorb a cat or whatever and trying to be cute. And Kelly Thompson wrote that in on purpose based on this little comic strip that somebody fucking drew uh, about, you know, Rogue accidentally knocking over one of Professor Xavier's, like, favorite vases. And then in order to, like, get him to get over it really quick, she, like, absorbs the cuteness of a cat. And, like, I don't know. I thought it was cute. Yeah, I really liked that, too. Even though, you know, I like dogs better. But I thought that was really cute. And when you showed me the comic, I was like, oh my god, my fucking heart. So yeah, so yeah, at the beginning of this series, when, when we were talking about the first issue of it, I was like, yeah, you know, this is a cute little rom-com, but I couldn't see this lasting more than, you know, 12 or whatever issues. And now it's over, and I'm like, I really wish that this was like 20 issues or more or whatever. Uh, next, we're going to talk about X-Men Blue, number 26. So I had, to, I had to look this up because I know that they've been mentioning Mother Vine. I'm, I'm assuming it's not Mother Veen. 
That so wouldn't make sense. They've been, yeah, because Mother Vine makes a lot more sense. Yes. It's the mother of all vines. So, uh, they've been talking about this on and off uh, in X-Men Blue for a while now, but I had no idea what this was, because I never read any of the Ultimate comics. And, you know, we know that, you know, the Ultimate Universe kind of merged with the 616 Universe, so here's your Mother Vine stuff from the fucking Ultimate Universe here in the 616 Universe. And this, like, is being used for fucking experiments, and it's causing mutants to have, like, secondary or tertiary mutations and, like... All that kind of shit. So, like, this is the big plan of fucking... That bitch. Evil... No, not even not even that bitch, if you're talking about Emma, which is probably no, who no. you're referring to. Uh, Miss what? Sinister? No, the other bitch. Or was she from X-Men Gold? Havoc? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, Havoc. <laughs> no, who is that one bitch? Are you talking about Nance? Yeah. No. Oh, no. God, no. Okay, no, no, no. Okay, a different bitch. No. Um, yeah, so this was all, like, Miss Sinister's plan. Uh, it seems like... Evil Alex is kind of like, I don't know, he's like all about this plan to fucking shoot this shit all over the planet. Mm. And, you know, Yeah, shoot your load all over the planet. Yeah? You like Alex Summers all of a sudden? No. All right. Uh, so, yeah. So he's got this plan to like make all these other fucking mutants with all these other fucking powers and be able to control them and shit. And I'm like really pissed that this is what Emma has gone along with because I think Alex is a moron. Um, he's acting like an asshole. He's clearly not in his right mind. I don't like how Emma is going along with this. I just, I don't like any of this. And I think this Mother Vine junk is kind of silly. And, you know, we get this shot of Beak, who, first of all, he's just like, oh, I was just getting used to being human. Like, bullshit. It's been, what, 12 years? So, okay, it hasn't been 12 years, like, actually in there, but he's had plenty of time to get used to being human. So you see his Beak sort of reforming. The only reason why I really like this issue, though, is because of how many D-list characters showed up. So, first of all, there's Uniscone, and she's looking really cute and really fancy in, like, her little dress, and she's all, like, you know, really, like, basically, like, upgraded her powers, and she's, like, telekinetic now, and, like, all this shit... Um, and then later, towards the end of the issue, we get to see Wildside, we get to see Dragoness, uh, Blob, for whatever reason, can stretch now with this Mother Vine garbage, which is stupid, but they're really the only reason why I like this issue. I think that this, this, um, whole nonsense with Mother Vine could be interesting, but I thought, even though Polaris was in there, and, like, we love Polaris, that, like, the team dynamic was very silly, I thought it was kind of stupid that... Ken, even though sort of jokingly called Jimmy brother, that he called him brother, I'm like, what the fuck are you talking about? I don't know. Like, I didn't care about the team or the team dynamic at all. Yeah, I didn't really care about the team either. Like, Zorin, I'm still lost about what he contributes to anything. Like, is he Magneto? Is he not Magneto? What are his powers? Kink Who mask. cares? Yeah, other than, other than fucking... Kink mask. Yeah. And like being a sub or something, I, I don't know. Like what, what, whatever. Who cares about fucking Zorn? I forgot who a lot of these characters were. The D-list characters because they first occurred at a time when teams were just introduced all fucking willy nilly. There were just like twelve different teams, 
in like every X-Men book every month. I, I don't think it was like it's supposed to be an official team. There were a couple of others. Um, there was one I had never seen before and I had to look up and I don't even remember now. I was just really excited to see Wildside and Dragoness because, you know, they were part of the Mutant Lib- Liberation Front, which is one of your willy-nilly Wait, teams. That's, that's one of the groups. Like I said, there were just groups all over the place. Yeah, the willy-nillies. Yeah. I loved that group. They yeah, were, me too. They were fucking amazing back in the early 90s. Yeah. It was good shit. Yeah. Yeah. Yep. Early, early 90s, lots of groups. That's all you need to know. Also, on a scale of 1 to 10, how weird would it be for Duken and Jimmy to fuck? 11 million. Okay. That's Glad we cleared that basically up. Basically fucking incest. Well, okay. And you want to see that. Stop making <laughs> every fucking character you like gay with another character Look, you like to ken is get is he's bi yeah so. I, I i know but it's just it's just like every character it's like oh i love this character what i want to see him put his better. dick in some other dude's butt true like i don't like, okay no let's now listen listen because i'm totally i'm not trying to be homophobic here like even the slightest little bit like it's it's fine but it's just you don't understand it's like every fucking <laughs> character out okay, there that is male gay patty takes that male character and is like i want to see him fuck this other male character like all the time yeah like, it's, it's true basically my life is is and i don't understand as her boyfriend what she expects from me like it's just ridiculous it's a lot of stress and a lot of pressure and i'm venting about it right now as we're recording no, the reason why that's not okay is because it's basically incest. Do you want to, like, sit here and say, oh, man, I can't wait to see Andrea, like, fucking take it right in the butt from Andreas. You know what I mean? I would watch that. I would pay for you that You would show. watch Fenris have sex. Yes. Yeah. Oh, my God. Not only would I watch it, I would pay for it. I would record it. You don't I'd have be to there pay with for pom-poms. It. It's on the, the internet. It's free, baby. Cool. It's awesome. Free. God fucking so then, damn it. Oh, man. <laughs> I had another question, which now I forgot. I am so happy. <laughs> I'm so happy you forgot. I'm so happy. Oh, okay. So, like... Are you thinking about this because I typed out Eunice and Uniscone, and you're just no. thinking about anus? No. Yeah, you're not... Now you're thinking about anus. Now I'm thinking about anus. Get off the anus. What were you going to ask? Okay, so... Here's what I'm thinking. Since we no longer have uh, the quesadilla in charge of the X department. What did you just say? The quesadilla. The quesadilla. <laughs> That's his name. That was a long time ago that he was, that he was, he was the editor-in-chief. Yeah, I know. Oh, what I'm saying is he's not, he's not there anymore. So this Mother Vine thing could be a big fuck you to that guy and just be like an anti house of m just uh-huh. instead of just cutting down the numbers to 200 mutants now everybody is a mutant you know you know what the inverse of the house of m would be the house, house of, of w. w all right <laughs> i'm glad we're thinking the same thing right wasn't that good we didn't plan that out guys that was, right that was the house great. of yeah. w for fucking why um <laughs> All right. Um, I am the walrus. <laughs> yeah. So I, I I don't I don't know. X Men Blue kind of has has been kind of meh as of late. I think anyway. Even with all that Venom stuff that was going on, it was kind of cool. 
I like Colin Bunn as a writer. In fact, I've been reading Venomized. The I don't know. There's probably been other tie-ins or whatever. I've just been reading the single issues of Venomized, and it's pretty fucking cool. But I feel like the dude's probably writing a lot of stuff, and I feel like you know the talent is kind of you know slipping a little bit. X Men Blue is taking a backseat to the other things that he's doing, and I haven't been a huge fan of it lately. And I thought that this issue was really weak. I was only so excited about it because of those D-list characters. When I looked at everything else, I really couldn't give a shit. I just, it's it's so fucking hard to follow and so frustrating at times because, like, I don't remember who all these characters are and what they do. And I've read every issue of, like, 616 X-Men. So, like, I also don't know the Ultimate Universe Oh, yeah, stuff. not at all. And, like, it's just, like, really frustrating and it's, like, really upsetting for me to think about, like, if there's, like, a total newbie, like, reading these comics and just, like, what the fuck is going on? Who are all these people? Like, <laughs> what is the relationship between these people? What does it matter? Who cares? What is happening? Well, and, like, I felt <laughs> like that and I'm a fucking expert. Like, who is Zorn? Why does he wear this fucking gimp mask? I think the more important question is, why is Zorn? Right. Right. <laughs> <laughs> oh, man. Zing. That is that is not an X Men reference. So, uh, you, you, some of you guys get it. Some of you guys get the reference. Yeah, from that movie, from that movie that came out. What movie? <laughs> you don't remember? That's from Infinity War. You remember? It's like who is Ga- who is Gamora? Ah, okay. Trax is like, why is Gamora? <laughs> yeah. Oh, oh man. All right, so. Moving on to Weapon X number 16. Now, as of this recording, Weapon X number 17 has come out and we But we're going to talk it. about this one because Jonathan thought this was stupid. Yeah, this was a this was a terrible issue. Uh number 15 kind of set up, you know, Logan's birthday, even though it's old man Logan like the same birthday as 616 Logan. And Sabretooth like we know, this is a historical thing, you know, goes after him every year on his birthday. So cool. That's a fine setup. I'm I'm all right with that. The problem is, is the execution and the fact that this did not need to spill over into two fucking issues. Uh, first of all, I'm really sorry, this guy Roland Bashi. I did not like the art style at all. And it wasn't just like I didn't like the visuals, like it added really nothing to the story. It could have probably been done better. But there should have been a single issue. There was no reason for this to spill over into the second Listen, issue. Listen, if I'm Wolverine, I am getting two fucking issues for my birthday. Yeah, but this was garbage, though. Like, this was fucking terrible. I didn't care about any of this. It was just so drawn out, like, useless, mindless action, not setting up anything. And then all of a sudden, there are monsters. There are monsters in fucking containment units. And then they get out, and it's like, oh, we're the real monsters. Shut up. Like, this was just such a waste. I felt, like, ripped off, literally. Um, The only thing about this issue that was great, and it was great, was Andrea Sorrentino saving the day with the fucking flashback to the Wastelands when Sabretooth was basically all just fucking running on instinct. You know, there was, like, no human part of him left. And fucking Old Man Logan just, like, chops his head off. It was, like, two or three pages or something, and it was gorgeous. It was chilling. It was awesome to see. But that was really the only part of the issue that I liked. And as much as I loved it, it did not save this issue. Oh, also the line, the furball special, that was a little funny. But, yeah, other than this, I really just 
I was mad after I read this issue. Yeah, uh, now with what you said, maybe I didn't read this issue. <laughs> <laughs> and I just read the lead up to it. Um, Oops. <laughs> but uh, regardless, <laughs> let me talk about issue 17. You're out of the book club. <laughs> she didn't even read the book. She doesn't even go here. <laughs> so let's just talk about issue 17. What the fuck? <laughs> okay. All I'm going to say is that they put Victor ended up getting old man Logan into a wheelchair so he put Victor in charge. Yeah. So, I don't know. After this fight. After, after this fight. After all this bullshit, Logan's like, yeah, listen to this guy now. Yeah, I thought that was fucking stupid. Yeah, so, like I said, um, this should have been condensed down to one issue, or if it was going to be two, there needed to be some other storyline going on with, like, Domino, Lady Deathstrike, maybe. I don't fucking know. Um, the setup was fine in, in the first issue of this, but the execution was just really shitty. I really did not like Weapon X number 16. And it's unfortunate because this has been a pretty cool title. And, you know, I, I want to see where it goes. But, yeah, just kind of mad at this issue. Uh, so next we're going to talk about Hunt for Wolverine number one. And this was pretty dope. Uh, it starts off with the Reavers, and they all look like shit. And I'm wondering, like, what happened to Bonebreaker's tank treads? I Do you to... remember him from the early 90s and yeah. his team, the Willy Nillies? Oh, I see what you did there. Yeah. yeah Here's one of those other teams from the early 90s, mm -hmm. which I'm sure you remember. There was... Uh, Willy. There was Willy. And the Nilly. There was Manilly. There was... Uh, Lily. <laughs> the one girl. There was Millie Vanilli. That, that's what I was saying. And then there were just, you know, it's just like five guys, one girl, two cups. What, <laughs> what the fuck? Like, like, okay, there's a guy who's a dragon. There's a guy who's probably got some kind of cybernetics. There's, there's another guy with something weird with his eyes going on. Where's the Is dragon? That, what? That's like every group from the early 90s. Everyone had a dragon? <laughs> like dragoness. <laughs> yeah. And fucking, uh, fucking, uh, Sauron. Uh-huh. He was on a team. Uh-huh. <laughs> team Dragon. Yeah, Team <laughs> Remember, kids, chase the dragon. What? No, don't fucking chase the dragon. Don't be a dragon warrior. <laughs> no dragon quests. I don't want to hear about... All right. That's... I want to hear about your dragon balls. No. Uh, what the fuck? So this uh, this was, okay, first of all, I thought that this was a great setup for the most part, but I was confused immediately because when they were like, oh, Firestar is with them, you know, I'd be, I guess, you know, you kind of just figure out and you do figure out that this is supposed to take place in the past. But I mean, for me, they didn't set it up that way. This could have still have been taking place in the present. So I'm like, why the fuck is Firestar with the X-Men? Well, this is like, you know, a few years ago, shortly after uh logan died and amazing x-men was still happening and firestar was part of the x-men and yeah because then all of a sudden you know fucking scott is there and i'm like oh my god why is scott summers here what how wh what did i do to deserve such a fucking blessing as scott summers presence but still he's taking shots at logan even though he's dead like we literally put him up on a pedestal oh a good listener he was not i feel like even though scott and logan <laughs> didn't get along 
He wouldn't have been that much of a dick. No, that sounds like Scott. Especially after the dude was, was dead. No, I don't, okay. I don't buy it. Um, there was something great that I just read this today. So I think that I am remembering this and not just making this up. Mm-hmm. But uh, one of the Reavers, I think it was, was like, oh, all of the X-Men are here. They have all of the, you know, big hitters. Firestar. Yeah. And I was just like, Dude, yes. Are you laughing at Firestar? Yes, it's that's not, fucked up. Not, she had cancer. Don't laugh at her. No, I'm not laughing at her. I'm laughing because I'm they laughing like... with the Reavers. I'm not <laughs> laughing at Firestar. I'm laughing with the Reavers, everyone. <laughs> what I'm, I was, I was just laughing because like that's like if they were like, oh man, all they got all the big guys over here. They got Jubilee. They got Cipher. Stop. <laughs> They got uh, Man Shark. They got Man Shark. Is was he was, was he one of the lost members of the Willy Nillies? <laughs> Man Shark. That's the six one six Marvel equivalent of Man Bat. <laughs> what even are you talking about? There was no Man Shark. There was Shark Girl. <laughs> Man. Okay. But your answer was man shark. <laughs> let's let's move on. Jesus Christ! All right. No, but Firestar is powerful. You know, she's got microwaves and shoots fire and can fly. Eye boy. It's not. That's totally. Eye boy can't shoot boy. anything. He can't he shoot can anything. Shoot eyeball- he can he projectile can't. his eyeballs. He can't shoot. When has he, he ever shot his I'm eyeballs? Sa- Never. <laughs> what I'm saying is that he can remove he- his eyeballs and throw them. Right. Uh, literally any of us could physically <laughs> remove our eyeballs and throw them. He can throw his sight. That's what he can do. He can throw I, his sight yeah. real good. <laughs> but I'm sorry. This is like a segment of iBoy Explained Badly. You're saying that he throws his eyes. Like, I don't... I don't understand. <laughs> I don't. I think Patty's having a meltdown. Yeah, Patty's always having a meltdown. <laughs> All right. So anyway, Firestar is awesome. There is no man shark, and Do you think- I I boy doesn't projectile. I throw. <laughs> you like that? All right. So where were we? So so it was kind of funny though. Like all these X Men show up to fight the Reavers, but it doesn't even matter because Logan's not even in that fucking adamantium casing anymore. Shadowcat was able to phase him out of there, and I don't believe she had as much of a problem as she did. I okay, they needed to address this. She's like, "Oh, this is like the hardest thing I've had to do since fucking phasing that bullet." I'm like, "Yeah, you phased a bullet through the fucking Earth." But you're having trouble phasing, like, a five-foot-nothing Canadian out of some metal. That was bullshit. That was bullshit. But, uh, and then they bury him, and then when Shadowcat goes and talks to him, he's not there anymore. Well, no shit he's not there anymore. We've already seen him fucking show up with the fucking Space Stone. So, yeah. I don't know. I, I, I'm, I may sound like I'm kind of shitting on this a little bit. I actually, I actually really enjoyed this issue although this was all kind of predictable that he wasn't going to be in the adamantium casing anymore and that he wasn't going to be buried in the ground anymore uh but it was still kind of cool to see the artwork was great the battle with the reavers this fucking new sentient helicopter starshine i don't know that thing was fucking awesome um it was a pretty good issue is the helicopter a mutant like warlock 
No, it's probably, you know, like, like, uh, the, more like the Reavers, you know, sort of like part person and part machine. Like, like Thomas the Tank? Yeah. Okay. <laughs> yeah, you know, they just took that child's <laughs> face, that little child, you remember Thomas? <laughs> You remember Thomas? Yeah. You remember Thomas Tankington? <laughs> that that poor little kid? That poor little kid with cancer from the microwaves? <laughs> they had to... In order to save his life, they had to cut his face off and stick it on the front of a train. Do you remember that? But now he shines on. He shines on in that shining time station. <laughs> Do you remember this? There was this creepy ass show that it like stole the idea from Thomas, but it was plates, and it was what? even it was even creepier because it was like straight up baby head. Shut the fuck I up! I like these planes. Are you serious? Yeah. Was that the prequel to Snakes on a Plane? Baby heads on a plane. <laughs> I want to see Sam Jackson battle some baby heads. <laughs> We're looking. The, we're, I if if this is actually a thing and it's really that scary, I want to put a link to it. What the <laughs> fuck is that? Shut up, JJ the jet plane. JJ the jet plane. Oh my god! Look at that face. What the fuck is that face? <laughs> that looks like Kim Jong Un. Go back. That's a funny photo. Was that supposed it. to be Kim Jong Un? Yeah. <laughs> oh my god. <laughs> We're gonna be posting that on our Instagram. Oh man, this is not even X Men related. We can't... Oh fuck! I'll post a link or something. I don't know why. All right. Oh man. Anyway, back to comic books. I guess. Uh, We're gonna so... be live streaming JJ the Jet Plane. <laughs> yeah. Next season. Yeah. yeah uh huh. Look out. Mm-hmm. You can. We'll be live tweeting about about it. Uh, all right, so uh, so we're gonna be talking about Hunt for Wolverine, uh, Weapon Lost number one. So you remember uh, Frank McGee? You remember this guy with the fucking name? No. You don't remember talking about this guy during like uh, IVX? We're just like some fucking dude named Frank McGee is an oh, inhuman yeah. and shows up. Yeah. I felt like it forever ago we were talking about that. So all of a sudden he's here, and within like two or three pages. Uh, he gets, like, a better setup than he got through about all of IVX. I literally knew nothing about this guy. I thought he was a fucking joke. Like, who would name a character Frank McGee? I'm actually, like, find out who this guy is and what he can do just in a couple of pages of this comic book. So it was a really good setup. I honestly thought that the dialogue was handled really well between Matt and Frank McGee and then Misty Knight. It was, it was a really cool issue, even though it had very little, like you know, very little action in it. It was, like, all just set up, but I didn't find myself being bored by it. I, I don't know why. It was just handled really well, which is kind of funny because, you know, I've hated on Charles Soule in the past. I know a lot of people have, although there are some people who love him. I don't know. I've always had mixed feelings about him, but I thought he did a really great job with this issue. And uh, I was surprised that I liked this issue uh, so much because, okay, well, first... I thought it was really weird that they first went to Daredevil, and then they went to Iron Man for help. Yeah. And when, you know, Iron Man was asking about it, they were like, well, he was more than an X-Men. He was an Avenger. and true. Blah, blah, blah. <laughs> but, you know, the, like, the X-Men, the thing is that they always look out for their own. So that was, like, a little weird. And even though this issue is mostly following uh, Daredevil and Misty and Frank 
that, you know, I was still really interested. I felt really drawn into these issues, and I don't know why particularly, but um, I thought that they were really good. And, you know, when Frank was like, oh, you know, we don't know where we're going to have to go. We're going to have to, like, search all over the world. And, like, uh, like one of them was like, oh, I can speak French. Another one was like, oh, I can speak Spanish. Yeah. And they're like, we're going to, we need like 197 more to go. So uh, we need they're con- like, we know a guy. We need a cunning linguist, if you will. <laughs> so they go to fucking New Jersey. Where, and I want to know what town. Because yeah, I want to go visit him. And also, this poor guy looks like he's like 50 years old. Yeah, My baby. He's like got this. Do you remember in Aladdin when uh, Jafar had like the beard? Yeah, and, Jafar, like, Jafar looked, had a beard. Yeah. No, what like the white beard? He was like in the prison pretending to be like just an old guy. Oh yeah, that's what it reminded me of. Really? Like yeah, because he was just like really skinny and like disheveled yeah, and was... like hadn't shaved in like ten years. He got like addicted to trying to translate the internet. Well, it I was mean, fucking crazy. But so, so this is where I'm kind of split here. I don't know how to feel about this. I the, I feel like this is a cipher thing to do. Yeah, you know, try to understand or take in the full scope of the internet but at the same time i'm like would this really break him like how long would this take i know the internet is obviously huge and constantly going shit is constantly happening but does he really need to take in everything like can't he just kind of understand how the internet works and then i mean i i know it's like it's like know. an addict you know you can't just stop at one drink you know this guy is like will suck dick for internet you know he's like an internet whore he's like you know like a crack whore but he'll suck dick for internet yeah no i i, I get you um it just it struck me as really weird but yeah no i felt really bad for him but it still felt kind of like believable and i'm happy to see him um i'm happy to see him kind of join this team i hope he you know, kind shaves. of, yeah, shaves and gets his shit together a little bit. I'm sure he will be. He's obviously been living as a recluse. Um, but I'm kind of interested. I'm, I'm really interested to see where this series in particular goes. Uh, there's still a bunch more, um, mini series that are going to come out over the next few weeks with like different titles. There's like Adamantium Agenda and then there's like a couple, a couple of other ones. We, you know, we'll probably cover at least a couple of them. But I love Cypher and I, I really want to see where this one goes. So is your furball special? Is he so special that you put him on a pedestal? Do you put him on a pedestal and lavish him with attention? You try to figure out what the fuck I'm saying while we take a quick break. Spring has sprung and love is in the air, but do you need to impress that geeky guy or geeky gal that you've been secretly and creepily crushing on? Chris Claremont doesn't even know I exist! Well, if you want to get the latest news and opinions on video games, comics, wrestling, and TV shows, then stop by Geekade.com. Is that where Chris Claremont lives? Try Geekade.com on for size. It's a sweet website to help you spread your geeky springtime love. I want to spread my geeky springtime love all over Chris Claremont. The lack of hair and clear self-absorption really do it for me. Stop by Geekade.com today. Warning, spread your geeky springtime love responsibly. Did you like the Wolverine and the X-Men cartoon? It was alright. I mean, it only got a season. Great! Now it's your responsibility to join One Million to Save Wolverine and the X-Men. Wait, what? One Million to Save Wolverine and the X-Men is a Facebook page dedicated to the X-Men. 
There's tons of news, artwork, trivia, and much, much more. Hey, listen, I got four jobs and three families to feed. I don't have time to... Hey, Wolverine has been a member of like 10 superhero teams and had at least six baby mamas. But you know that hairy Canadian would save your ass if you needed it. I, I guess you're right. What's the Facebook page again? One million to save Wolverine and the X-Men on Facebook. Warning. Help control the Howlet population. Have your Wolverine spader neutered. Alright, so, uh, some news. We got a bunch of comic book news. Not really a ton, just some announcements. Uh, the first one is X-Men and Dora Milaje. Uh, there is going to be an X-Men Wakanda Forever comic, uh, coming out on July 25th, which is literally just capitalizing on the popularity of the Black Panther movie, only about five months late. Uh, so they're gonna have the Dora Milaje, which are, you know, Black Panther's bodyguards, uh, teaming up with, uh, Storm. So that's the thing that's gonna happen. How do you feel about that? Uh. <laughs> uh-huh, get your words. Ain't no, I, I, uh, I didn't know what this Dora Milaje thing was. You I, were literally, okay. You what? Were, you were there when we watched the movie. Okay, well, I don't remember all the words. There were a lot of words. That's <laughs> what happens in movies, Patty. That's why I don't like watching they movies. Write, they write lots of words yeah, down, and I then don't... people say them yeah, to a camera. I can't. And then you watch. Right. And you're supposed... <laughs> thanks, thanks for playing along, honey. <laughs> so, like, I don't... Uh, and these names don't sound familiar to me either, but there were a lot of names also. So, I like this just as a fact that it's kind of like a fuck you to Fox. <laughs> just like, well, we're going to take some more X-Men money by capitalizing on one of our good movies. And just doing a crossover. Yeah, right. But, um, you know, I think it was really cool that, like, they're doing it with um, Storm. Yeah. Just as, like, a, a diversity thing. Yeah. Yeah, I think that's cool. They should have, like, you know, like a... I mean, it would have been better if they did it for, like, Black History Month or something, but... Yeah. Um, no, that that's that's interesting. But uh, you know, Black Panther did come out during Black History Month. I know. That's what would have been perfect. Yeah, I don't know why this is like five months later. I, I I don't know. I guess it doesn't matter. But um yeah, I know I mean a lot of people after Black Panther came out and was so successful, they're like, you know, oh, this is how we get Storm into the MCU. And so it's kinda of funny that now, like, in the comic book they have Storm teaming up with like, you know, historically Black Panther related characters but yeah this is the thing that's happening so there you go next is the original x-men and uh and uh extermination so the five original x-men the 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 young ones the o5 yeah they're going towards a story titled extermination uh written by ed brisson um this was announced recently and then they were supposed to say that more information was coming at C2E2. And, like, all they really said is that the fate of the original five X-Men will be dealt with in the upcoming extermination event. So Wow, I really big, wish I went there. Big fucking reveal for that one. So really what I think this is going to build towards is that the uh, original five X-Men are going to go back to their own time. You know, this is for the whole fresh start thing, and they're trying to, like, remake the status quo and do the reboot thing again. So I think that that's what they're doing. They're getting rid of the uh, original five X-Men, sending them back to their time period, and that's what extermination is. Fresh. X-Men, eat fresh. <laughs> what? Okay. Uh, next, we've got 
the Astonishing X-Men title is getting a new creative team. We've got... So, Matthew Rosenberg is going to be taking over as uh, the writer, and he did Phoenix Resurrection. He's done a bunch of other stuff for Marvel. And it says that he's going to be joined on his first arc by Greg Land. So, hopefully that stays temporary. Oh, man. But also, I'm really happy that this creative team is changing, and I feel like I've never said that before in my life. (laughs) I just, I fucking hated Astonishing X-Men. I would have dropped it if it wasn't an X-Men comic. And, and is, even still, I still wanted to drop it. I hated it. And this is Charles Soule writing it, who we were just talking about and praising for this whole Wolverine stuff. Right, yeah. It's like it's you weird, said, right? he's like really hit or miss. Yeah. I fucking hate this Astonishing X-Men story. I'm glad that we're we're getting a new team with Colossus, Dazzler, Warpath, Beast, and Havoc. Yeah. Which is weird. Yep. Yeah, it because is. Because fucking... Is, are, are the X-Men editors doing their jobs? Is, you know... Havoc going to still be ape shit by July? Well, this... or like what's going on with that? And then Warpath is going to be on two teams. Like he's not Wolverine. Well, this brings me back to the whole like uh, remaking the status quo sort of thing. You know, uh, this is this is coming out. Th- this issue, Astonishing X Men number thirteen, with the new creative team, is July fourth. That that is coming out. By then, like Fresh Start is already kind of like we're going to be in the middle of Fresh Start. And Beast has been kind of mostly shunned by the X-Men, especially right, for yeah. siding with the Inhumans, sort of, you know? Havoc, yeah, has had his brain, like, fucking messed with and is, like, part evil or whatever. So I'm assuming things are going to be changing with the two of them because Colossus is in there, Warpath is in there, Dazzler is in there. Um, and I have a feeling things are going to be changing with Weapon X, and so that's why Warpath may not be on both teams and may just be in this one, but... I guess we'll have to see what happens there. I'm sort of interested. I know you really haven't liked Astonishing X-Men. I've really liked it. The stories have been okay, but it's really the artwork that has just been like over the top and amazing for me. How like these artists have been able to just do whatever the fuck they can and make it look beautiful. And they have. Um, so I don't know. I'm a little apprehensive about this, but we'll see what happens. I'm just getting really sick of the, all the team changes all the time, like over the years. It's just like, whichever fucking, just to throw a dart at a board, we'll pick those five mutants. Like, what do they have to do with each other? And also, I'm so sick of this fucking four guys, one girl dynamic. Like, Mm. seriously, can we get some more fucking women up in here, please? Yeah, there are a lot of ex-women that they could be using. Yes, there are! And all they're giving us is Dazzler, and don't get me wrong, I fucking love Dazzler, but, like, come on, man. They should have Dazzler's sister join, too. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) I didn't even take time to think about what I was gonna say. No. Just thank you. Alright. So, uh, the last piece of comic book news is something called X-Classified. There's, like, no information about this, except that there's variant covers by J. Scott Campbell and Scotty Young, and that the release date is July 25th. Like, that's that's really it. We have, we have no idea what this is going to be. Uh, they've teased at a new Uncanny title. Maybe that's what this means. Maybe, you know, X Classified isn't really Uncanny X-Men number one. Maybe it's just X Classified number one, and it's sort of kind of like what X-Men Prime was. A couple of years ago, when they were revamping uh, the X-Men line of comics. So, who knows what this is. This I really feel like, though, they're going to be building towards a new Uncanny title with Wolverine in charge of the team. That's what I think. I don't know what this is going to be. Yeah, Maybe I, can, I, can, I can see that if, I mean, you know how they like to announce shit months ahead of time, like what we were just talking about. Yeah. 
So I don't see why they would be keeping this under wraps unless it was something that, like, we aren't supposed to know yet, like something about Wolverine. Yeah. Obviously, Wolverine's <clears throat> going to be on the team. And I don't know why they're keeping that under wraps because we already know that he's back. So, I mean, <laughs> I don't know. Maybe it's just going to be a fucking porn of yep. Gene and Wolverine, and that's mm-hmm. why they can't reveal it. I don't know. Right, exactly. That's exactly what it'll yeah. be. Yeah. Okay, good deal. Uh, All right, so that pretty much does it for the news that I wanted to touch on. Next thing that we're going to talk about for a little bit is uh, the TV show Legion. For those of you who don't know, it is a television show on FX. Legion is an X-Men character. Uh, He is the son of Professor Charles Xavier, who founded the X-Men back in 1963. (laughs) And X-Men number one, written Uh by Stan Lee, drawn by Jack Kirby. Mm Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, so, yeah, we talked about this series last year kind of as it was going on uh, for season one, which I really enjoyed. And so, what, we just finished watching uh, the fifth episode of season two, like literally before we recorded. By the time this comes out, episode six will have already aired, but that's too fucking bad. I really like this series. I think it's a really interesting contrast to see this and The Gifted. I really like both shows. Both of them are very different, even though they obviously have similarities because we're talking about mutants and mutants' place in the world, sort of. But this series, is, first of all, it's really fucking trippy. Even the first season was trippy, but this season got even trippier. I'm not in love with everything going on in this season. Uh, This uh, Fukuyama... And the Vermilion, which were basically kind of like the Stepford Cuckoos with mustaches, were kind of... <laughs> and a basket head? Yeah, yeah, that's what I'm saying. Fukuyama, the fucking basket head with the camera you could see everywhere. Like, I don't know. It's really weird, and, and, and I get that. Like, I like how abstract this show is at times and how weird it is. You know, it really uses, like, uh, a lot of imagery and different shots. And, imagery. Like, and imagery. A lot of, like music and ambiance and a lot of a lot of unsettling things to kind of like get you in the mood for the show Mm. um and i don't know i i love uh the actor's portrayal of legion i fucking love aubrey plaza we just watched that episode with that big reveal spoilers that um you know lenny is has basically taken over um david's sister's body she didn't do it on purpose obviously like this was done to her but, you know, that was fucking crazy. So, yeah, it's been really cool. Obviously, it's not a good idea for David to be teaming up with the Shadow King. I don't care how anybody puts it. And especially, like, if you were doubting that, like, oh, maybe he should be teaming up with the Shadow King. Well, look what the fucking Shadow King just did to David's sister. So, no, the dude's a bad dude. But there's also a cat in the season. And there was a cow in that episode. The yeah. cow jumped over the moon. <laughs> the cow is my favorite part of the show. I don't like how trippy and like abstract and artsy this show is. I don't understand what is happening. I have to have Jonathan explain things to me. And even then, I feel stupid. I don't like it. I hate the music. Uh, <laughs> a lot of the camera shots make me dizzy. And like, I just feel like it. I just want. Just tell me what the fuck is happening. Like, you know, I'm not. I'm not like one of these like artsy creative type of people i'm a fucking accountant just tell me the facts and i'll make up my own decision and show me some guys punching balls and we report you decide yeah <laughs> that's right 
It's the no spin zone. Right. Uh huh. Fair and balanced. Here on the patty factor. <laughs> so that's my take on it. It was a good cow, and I think the cow is going to be the hero of this season. I think the cow is evil. Uh, <laughs> all right, but I love the guy who is playing the Shadow King. I really appreciate what they did last season. Um, you know, kind of having Aubrey Plaza, like, kind of be, like, the vessel for the Shadow King. And then, like, when you saw him, he was, like, the big, fat, gross dude. And you're kind of like, oh, okay, well, that's sort of a little bit like the comics. And so that that's cool. And then, like, this season, we get fucking Mr. Suave Pimpass fucking <laughs> Shadow King. Who is awesome. And also still looks a bit like he did in the comics. Even though he's very French. And, you know, he throws out a little French. He needs a fez. And we were talking about that today, though. Like, I could have sworn, I think it was like episode two, he kept changing languages. He was speaking a little French, but also changing his language, changing languages. And what I thought was really funny was Patty was like, oh, he, he looks like a pimp, right? He's, he's a real G. And I said, he is G-A-F. And the A-F is for Amal Farouk. Right? Because I'm funny. Right. I'm the creative artsy type. Yeah. <laughs> Which I guess is why I like this show. I don't know. I could understand why people wouldn't like it. And I listened to I listened to another podcast on geekade.com and a couple of the guys were saying that like they have no idea what the fuck is going on, even after reading like a breakdown I agree, of the show. So I don't feel no, so fucking stupid. No, of course don't feel stupid. You're not the only one. I'm not saying that like literally every scene I know exactly what is happening and it all makes perfect sense. And like I feel but- like whoever this writer or director or whatever the fuck who is in charge of these decisions, like, you know, has like all of these like Oh, the cow is supposed to symbolize this. And did you see how David's sister had sunflowers? That means this. Listen. Just like, no, go fuck yourself with all your metaphors. There are no metaphors. There's fucking sunflowers. I hate you RC types. This is how shit works. If you read, like, books and poetry and stuff. It's called symbolism. No, I don't like it. Just tell me the fact. Go back to your numbers. They're fucking sunflowers because they're sunflowers. They're in season right now. (laughs) Oh. Whatever. All right. Um, anyway, yeah. So there you go. So Patty doesn't like this show, but uh, but she'll she'll watch it with me so we can talk about it, and then she can talk about how much she hates it, and I can talk about how much I like it. Yeah, so there you go. Um, all right, now listen, one last thing before we go, and because I have to say this, I don't give any fucks what the MCU did and what Marvel Comics did to Quicksilver and Scarlet Witch right before Age of Ultron came out, and they're like, oh, JK, they were never really mutants, so we can use them in our fucking movie, all right? Quicksilver and Scarlet Witch, to me, will always be mutants. That's first of all. Second of all, spoilers if you haven't seen Infinity War, we're going to talk about it just for a minute because I want to talk about Scarlet Witch because I love Scarlet Witch. In the movies... I, I I think that she's got a lot of room for more potential and for more utilization. I was really happy to see her included so much in Infinity War, even though I was kind of mad at her. But her launching into fucking battle after, like, Proxima Midnight, like, the graphics, the fight scenes, all of that shit with Scarlet Witch in that movie was fucking gorgeous. I got chills when she took off in the air. It was just beautiful 
just seeing her let her like fucking unleash her power was just awesome. Now, obviously, she was a little stupid in this movie, too. And after we watched Infinity War, Patty pointed it out. So you can go ahead and point that out here if you'd like to. Yeah, uh, she she wouldn't kill Vision. She was like, we're, we're in this together. And I was like, listen, it's one motherfucker or half of the population on Earth. And you're just going to, like, hand this stone to Thanos so that you can spare him? Because chances are, once Thanos gets the stone, that there's, you know, a 50-50 chance that you're going to die. And one of you is probably going to die. Those are the statistics of it. And if you can't live with yourself after Vision dies, just kill yourself. <laughs> it's so much easier than just giving him the stone. Just break the fucking stone wall in his head, kill him, kill yourself. It's better than half the planet dying. Yes. My point is, is I agree. I, I don't agree with the anger in your voice, but I do, I do, I do agree. Because I think really what they wanted to convey here is that, you know, it was a difficult choice for Wanda. And I, I get and I appreciate that. But I think they went a little too overboard with it. They they did it a little too much to the point of being like just implausible, which is what Patty is saying. Like, really? It's that like you have to do it. Like, be reasonable here. Yeah, your emotions are involved, but be reasonable. And Cap so, too. Cap was like because Vision offered to yeah. die. And Cap was like, No, no, no. We don't we don't uh give in to whatever. Yeah. And I, I'm like it's one fucking guy. He's a robot. He's only existed for like five months. I I get them wanting to save him 100% and even trying to. My point is, is like when Thanos is touching down and ready to throw down with the right. Avengers right. that she was still like, like just pausing and pausing and, pa- and like didn't want to do it, you know? So, so, so I get that. But still, the only the reason why I brought this up is because I don't care what the fuck anybody says. To me, the two of them are still mutants. I think that she's really cool in the movies, as much as we don't like her in the comic books for, for reasons. And this was a fantastic movie. This was a fantastic way to see her show off, to see the rest of them show off. I know this isn't really mutant-related, but I needed to tie it in somehow so we can talk about this. Because, yeah, sure, we loved the X-Men first, but I'm sorry, I loved Infinity War. Sure, it had plenty of flaws. Plenty of flaws. So many flaws. <laughs> and uh, So many. <laughs> had plenty of flaws. Almost to the point that it wasn't enjoyable. Oh, my God. Listen, <laughs> you, you enough shitting on things with you. How do you still have poop left? You just went all over Legion. Leave this one alone. That'll do it for this episode of Mutant Musings. Thanks for joining us, and don't forget to leave us a comment on geekade.com, 1 million to save Wolverine and the X-Men on Facebook, leave us feedback on iTunes, and follow us on Instagram to check out some of our favorite X images at mutant underscore musings underscore podcast. What did you think of Rogan Gambit? Would you like it to return as an ongoing series? Do you want to see a new uncanny title starring Wolverine? Join us next time when we'll be discussing new comics and some classic comics. And until then, Rogan Bit was right. Rogan Bit was right.